Shall we bow our heads in prayer? Our gracious Heavenly Father, we thank you. You are such an awesome daddy. You've been blessing us since we came in, and you keep blessing us. Thank you for all that you have packaged for us. Thank you, Father, for you are the interpreter of yourself by the power of your spirit. Father, you are a great teacher. Thank you for what your spirit will do in our midst this morning. All the glory shall be returned back unto you, and the joy and fulfillment of it will be ours. We give you the praise, and we thank you for answered prayers. In Jesus' name we have prayed. Amen. Our topic today is uh, keep yourselves in the love of God. Keep yourselves in the love of God. Jude 1, 20 to 21. But you, beloved, build yourselves up on the foundation of your most holy faith, continually progress, rise like an edifice, higher and higher, pray in the Holy Spirit, and keep yourselves in the love of God, waiting anxiously and looking forward to the mercy of our Lord Jesus Christ, which will bring you to eternal life. Amen? Say, build yourselves up. You beloved, which means he's talking to we, the believers. Build yourselves up on the foundation of your most holy faith. And he said we should continually progress in this. We should rise like an edifice. You can check out what edifice means. Tall, very outstanding building. But you rise higher and higher. In other words, at it, you rise higher and higher. Say, pray in the Holy Spirit and keep yourselves in the love of God. This sounds like the appeal in Peter's final letters to the church in 2 Peter chapter 3. It says, Beloved, I now write to you this second epistle, in both of which I stir up your pure minds by way of reminder. Knowing this first, that scoffers will come in the last days, walking according to their own lusts, and saying, where is the promise of his coming? For since the fathers fell asleep, all things continue as they were from the beginning of creation. I'll jump to eight. But beloved, do not forget this one thing. That with the Lord, one day is as a thousand years, and a thousand years as, a, as one day. The Lord is not slack concerning his promise, as some count slackness, but is long-suffering towards us, not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. But grow in the grace and knowledge of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. To him be the glory, both now and forever. Amen. So the primary thing here is for us to make sure that we are growing in the grace and the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ, especially as we know what the situation is in the world today. These are the last days, brothers and sisters. You don't need to look too far for anybody to convince you that these are the last days. So when we are being reminded to keep ourselves in the Lord of God, it is so, so very important in the world in which we are today. You have to, on purpose, keep yourself. It's you that have to keep yourself. Matthew gave us one of the reasons. In Matthew 24, he says, Then 
many false prophets will rise up and deceive many. And of course, we know that there are many false prophets all over the world today. They are, you don't need to look, look too far. Very many antichrists, that's those who are against the message of the gospel, those who are against the preaching of the gospel of grace and they are preaching all manner of things. Verse 12 says, and because lawlessness will abound, the love of many will grow cold. But God doesn't want you to be part of those whose love for him will grow cold. But he who endures to the end shall be saved. And this gospel of the kingdom will be preached in all the world as a witness to all the nations, and then the end will come. For those who said, where is the end of it? Things have continued as they were since the beginning. The word of God says that the end will come. And if the word says the end will come, it shall surely come. Amen? But God is so merciful. He wants everybody to have the opportunity to have heard this good news. So that when it happens, nobody will say, I wish somebody had told me. I didn't know. And that's why we encourage us to be effective witnesses for Christ and preach this gospel by your life, by your actions, by the things you say. And on purpose, really tell somebody about the love of Christ because these are the last days. You can see lawlessness is all over the place. 2 Timothy 3, 1 to 4 also says, but understand this, that in the last days will come set in perilous times of great stress and trouble, hard to deal with and hard to bear. For people will be lovers of self and utterly self-centered, lovers of money and aroused by an inordinate greedy desire for wealth. Proud and arrogant and contemptuous boasters, they will be abusive, blasphemous, coughing. It's all over. I see it a lot even where I walk. Disobedient to parents, ungrateful, unholy, and profane. It's all over the place. It shocked me even when I came newly to this country and I was doing substitute teaching, how children were abusing their parents. It really shocked me then. And it is still happening. And it's even increasing. They will be without natural human affection, callous and inhuman, relentless, admitting of no truth or appeasement. That's, they are not, not stopping. They will be slanderers, false accusers, troublemakers, intemperate, and loose in morals and conduct, uncontrolled and fierce, haters of good. Today, a lot of things they call good bad and they call bad good. It's all over the place. So these are just things to show us as believers that we are in the last days. Verse 4. They will be treacherous, betrayers, rash, and inflated with self-conceit. They will be lovers of sensual pleasures and vain amusements more than and rather than lovers of God. You see that happening even sometimes among the believers. And that's why this urgent call for us to keep ourselves in the love of God. They bring it now to the comfort of your home. You sit down and then time is whiling away. Whether you have fed your spirit in a day or not, it's not considered, but feeding the flesh. That is, 
Lovers of sensual pleasures, things that are physical, they can see, they can they just entertain themselves hours upon hours and vain amusement more than and rather than the lovers of God. God is really so jealous over us. He loves us so intensely. He's so crazy about you and I. What made him gave up his only begotten son who died a heartless death? to purchase our freedom. James chapter 4 verse 5 says, does the scripture mean nothing to you that says, does it mean nothing to you that the spirit that God breathed into our hearts is a jealous lover who intensely desires to have more and more of us. God desires to intensely have more and more of you. He wants you to get close to him. He wants to hang out with you all the time in your thoughts, in your interactions, in your actions. He wants to be the one who is guiding everything that you do just for your own safety, just for your own good. He appealed to us in the book of Proverbs chapter 4 and said, my child, pay attention to what I say. Listen carefully to my words. Don't lose sight of them. Do not lose sight of my word, my son, my daughter. Let them penetrate deep into your heart. Allow them not on the surface. Let them penetrate deep into your heart. For they bring life to those who find them. And healing to their whole body. I've told you some time ago that somebody that was giving up by medical science. And... This man went home just to die, and he chose to begin to go through the word of God, studying and studying and studying. Before you knew it, this man got healed and went back to the doctors. They couldn't find whatever it was. When the doctors gave up on us and said, we can't have children, it was the word of God. The word of God, the word of his power. So when God says, my child, pay attention to what I say, listen carefully. It's because of his love for you, because he knows that's the best thing that can happen to you. So it's important that you stick your nose to the word of God. I don't mean you should sleep there, but make sure that your spirit man is being fed. That's why he said in Romans 12, to come, let me change the way you think, so that you don't think the way the world thinks. Everything that you see, you watch, you listen to, they are all gunning for your heart. They want to deposit something in your heart to change the way you think so that you don't think the way the real you is. You now begin to think that like the world. And the things that are happening to the world will begin to happen to you. But God doesn't want it because he loves you. When you get a revelation of the love of God in you, Jesus, Christ in you, the hope of glory that is living in you, it will change radically everything about you and it's for good. It will change the way you do life. God's word becomes the standard you follow. It will change the things you watch, the things you say, the places you go to, the people you hang out with, like they were telling us this morning. Of course, she read one of the scriptures that I put here, you know, 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse 33. It says there, do not be deceived. Evil company corrupts good habits. It's not just when you're moving around with somebody physically as a friend. Even those people you hang out in the comfort of your home, 
you're watching, you're looking. The Bible said, do not be deceived. And I choose to believe what the word of God said. He said in verse 34, he said, awake to righteousness. You are the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. You are in right standing with the faith. Awake to righteousness. Awake to the real you. He said, and do not sin. For some do not have the knowledge of God. I speak this to your shame. Some of those people you are watching, they don't even know anything about God. Some of them are scoffers of God. And you are sitting and they are entertaining you. What are they communicating to you? So it's important that you be mindful. You carefully choose. That's why you have the remote. So you don't have to listen to everything and uh, give heed to them. So doing life with Jesus is the best thing that can ever, ever happen to you as a child of God. And this brings tremendous uh, reward. You might feel alone. You might feel because you are called as a set-apart one. You don't want to be like the Joneses. So, but it brings tremendous reward. And when the chips are down, when people have problems, they're going to come to you, even at your work. It happens to me. A lot of them will come asking for prayers. That's true. Praise the Lord. So, to be spiritually minded is to live life and peace. Spiritual mindedness is being word-based, living a, a word-based life. The Bible told us in 1 John chapter 2, verse 15, he says there, do not love the world or the things in the world. If anyone loves the world, the love of the Father is not in him. Do not love the world. He said, verse 16, for all that is in the world, the loss of the flesh, the loss of the eyes, and the pride of life is not of the Father, but is of the world. And the world is passing away and the loss of it. But he who does the will of God abides forever. The world is passing away. It's just but for a fleeting moment. But the real deal is the real you, life in Christ. Say, do not love the world. Say, if anyone loves the world, the love of the Father. It means that you don't really understand how deeply you're loved by God. He didn't say the love for the Father. It's not talking about your love for God. It's talking about your, the love of the Father. It's not known by you. You don't know who you are in Christ. You don't know who you are. You don't know you are a princess. You are a prince. You are a king. You are like Jesus. You don't know who you are because you don't understand how deeply you are loved by the Father. When you truly experience the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love that the Father has poured into you in the person of Jesus, you will lose appetite for all these fading pleasures that the world is pouring out there. The grace of God will set you up and set you free to, live the, to have the kind of relationship that you really, the inner you desires to have with the Father. That intimate relationship that is so powerful, is so peaceful, and is so joyous, joyous and uh, is, it produces good, good fruits. Titus chapter 2 verse 12 says, The grace of God teaches us how to live each day as we turn our backs on ungodliness and indulgent lifestyles. And it equips us to live self-controlled, upright, godly lives in this present age. It is the grace of God that will teach you 
to live this glorious life that you've been called because Jesus is the grace of God given to us. So we are to walk as he walked, but it's all by his grace. 1 John 2, 5-6 says, But whoever keeps his word, truly the love of God is perfected in him. By this we know that we are in him. He who says he abides in him ought himself also to walk just as he walked. Because Jesus is your life. So he wants you to walk as he walks. I like the way, you know, TPT put verse 6. He said, you know, not just by saying I am intimate with God, but by walking in the footsteps of Jesus. By walking in the footsteps of Jesus. So it is the grace of God that will teach you to do that. The grace of God is Jesus in you. I want to encourage us. Whatever God is asking us to do, or whatever he's asking us to give up, is for our own good. Because he loves us. 1 John chapter 5, verse 18 says, I will read from verse 19, rather. We know positively that we are of God, and the whole world around us is under the power of the evil one. You don't look too far to see that, like I said. And we have seen and known positively, and know positively that the Son of God has actually come to this world and has given us understanding and insight progressively. Remember, the Bible said in 2 Corinthians 3, from verse 18, where we progress from one level of glory to another level of glory as you continue to behold as in a mirror the glory of the Lord, who is Jesus Christ. And insights progressively to perceive, recognize, and come to know better and better clearly him who is true. And we are in him who is true, in his son Jesus Christ, the Messiah. This man is the true God and life eternal. 21. Let's read it together. Little children, keep yourselves from idols, false gods, from anything and everything that would occupy the place in your heart due to God, from any sort of substitute for him that would take first place in your life. Amen. So be it. Selah. Little children. This is the Father's appeal. Keep yourselves from idol. God doesn't want anything to take his place in our lives. Anything that takes precedence over your time with him. Anything that you place high value over than him is already an idol. It's not until you make a little something and then you're worshiping it. No. You could be worshiping yourself, no time for God, no time for the word of God, no time to even listen to the messages. You could be worshiping your job, you sleep there, anytime till you're called, you go, nothing at all to feed the spirit man who is the real you. You could be worshiping maybe Facebook or maybe, uh, maybe whatever program. What you do is, your free time, the free time that you have for the day, how many hours are these? Are they? How many of those hours or minutes is allotted to feed the spirit man 
And how many is allotted to feed the flesh? That will show you where, what is your priority. And remember the Bible says we are kept by the power of God. It's of the lost mercies that we are not consumed. Jude 24 said that he is the one that keeps us from stumbling. And how does he do so? By his word. So when you don't fit yourself with the word of God, anybody can tell you anything over there and you agree because you don't know what the word said. So to keep, he said, you know, to keep yourself means it indicates that uh, you have a part to play. From our text, keep yourself in the love of God. It means that you have a part to play. And the word keep means to continue to remain in a specified position, remain in the love of God. We are called to occupy till the master comes to take us home. We are called to occupy. That's what Luke 19.13 says. So brothers and sisters, I'm appealing to you. We, the women, are appealing to all of us as the body of Christ and those watching online to give God our time. Give God your time. Every day, time is ticking. King, 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 and it's going. Any day that is gone, is gone forever. You can be as close to God as you choose to be. It's up to you. They were sharing that with us up here. First Corinthians chapter 8 verse 3 says, let's read it together. But if a person passionately loves God, he will possess the knowledge of God. It's up to you. If you are truly in love with him and you want to know him, you will know him. He will give you the knowledge of him. He will. He's faithful. And Jeremiah 29, 13, let's read it together too. Then with a deep longing, you will seek him and require me as a vital necessity. And you will find me when you search for me with all your heart. He calls for searching for him with all your heart. Not a casual seeker. Not just with a go church and you just come, you bruise in so that everybody will know. I go so that if anything happens to me, they will show up. No. You come with intent to hear what the father has to say. You want to listen to your father. Is a vital necessity to you. It's of a, a paramount importance to you because you know that Christ is your life. That's what the Bible said in Colossians 3 verse 4. When Christ, who is your life? So as you're studying to know about Christ, you're studying about yourself because he is your life. So get into the world, children of God, and stay stirred up there. That's why Paul said in Acts chapter 20, 32, let's read it together. Acts 20, 32, ready, go. And so now I entrust you into God's hands and the message of his grace which is all that you need to become strong. All of God's blessings are imparted through the message of his grace, which he provides as a spiritual inheritance given to all of his holy ones. Amen. The word of his grace. Christ is the grace of God, the power of God, the wisdom of God. This is coming from the Holy Spirit. Through Paul, I commend you. 
I entrust you into God's hands and the message of his grace. The message of his grace. And these are the things, if people are not grounded in the word of God, when they face challenges and they get defeated, the devil will tell them, you see, this thing doesn't work. It's because they are not walking the word. They don't take time to listen to what God is saying and to know how to approach whatever it is based on the word of God and get victory. Because when God says we are overcomers more than conquerors, it's because it's true, but it's through the word of God. It's through the word of God. Colossians 2 verse 3 says something about Jesus. Let's read it together too. Ready, go. In him, all the treasures of divine wisdom, comprehensive insight into the ways and purposes of God, and all the riches of spiritual knowledge and enlightenment are stored up and lie hidden. It's stored up and lie hidden there, but you've got to dig it out. It calls for you to take time and effort to sit down, to give attention to the word of God. He told us in 1 Corinthians 2 verse 12 that he has given us his spirit that we might know the things that have been freely given to us. You have his spirit in you to guide you, to teach you as you open up the word of God. The word of God is a revealed knowledge. It's not by head knowledge that you get to know it. That's why he told us in Colossians chapter 2. I want us to look at that together too. I want us to, verse 6 and 7, ready, go. As you have therefore received Christ. Pause. How did you receive Christ? By faith. Someone told you about Jesus and you believed and you are saved. Not by works. Let's go ahead. As you have therefore received Christ, even Jesus the Lord, so walk, regulate your lives, and conduct yourselves in union with and conformity to him. Verse 7. Have the roots of your being firmly and deeply planted in him, fixed and founded in him, being continually built up in him, becoming increasingly more confirmed and established in the faith, just as you were taught, and abounding and overflowing in it with thanksgiving. Whose responsibility, whose responsibility is it to have the roots of his being? It is you. It's mine. But by the power of the Spirit of God, as you go to the Word of God and you ask God to teach you by his Spirit, he will do a marvelous job of that. It is so important, especially since we know, like the Bible said in Matthew 13, 25, that while men slept, his enemy came and sowed tares among the wheat and went away. The devil is still roaming about, seeking whom he may devour. But it's not everybody that he can devour. It's those that are casual seekers. Those who are not rooted in him. Like the Bible said, whoever dwells in the secret place, Psalm 91 verse 1, shall abide under the shadow of Almighty. You dwell. You don't visit. You dwell there. You stay there. You stay put. And it comes by fellowshipping with the world, meditating on the word of God, living by the word of God. So it is important you pay attention to what you hear. Mark chapter 4, 23, 24 says, If anyone has ears to hear, let him hear and heed my words. Then he said to them, 
Pay attention. Fine, let's read it together from verse 24. Ready, go. Then he said to them, pay attention to what you hear. By your own standard of measurement, that is, to the extent that you study spiritual truth and apply godly wisdom, it will be measured to you and you will be given even greater ability to respond and more will be given besides. Verse 26, verse 25. For whoever has a teachable heart, to him more understanding will be given. And whoever does not have a yearning for truth, even what he has will be taken away from him. So it calls for a teachable heart. That's why I say when you come, you come with intention to hear, to listen, to gain something, for, to hear from your father. You're not coming here to impress anybody. I don't have to come here to impress anyone. It's between me and God. It's between you and God. So you come to listen for yourself, for your own good. If you have a teachable heart, good for you. He said, to him more understanding will be given. And whoever does not have a yearning for truth, well, the moment the word of God is about going on, that's when they'll start, you know, frequenting the restroom. Not that they are pressed, but just to get off, just to hang around. Even what he has will be taken away. That's why we, we have, we, I know the men have it, and we, the women, we have brothers and sisters keeper. That's why we encourage each other. The Bible said in Hebrew 10, 24, 25, and let us consider thoughtfully how we may encourage one another to love and to do good deeds, not forsaking our meeting together. Let's read verse 25 together. Not forsaking our meeting together as believers for worship and instruction. For what? For worship and instruction. That's why I said you have to come to hear what the Father has to say. Continue. As is the habit of some but encouraging one another and all the more faithfully as you see the day of Christ's return approaching. So you see why we encourage people, come to church, come to church, come to church. And then when we don't see anybody, we try to make a call to see how they are doing, to encourage each other, to stay in the faith because we know the devil is still roaming around. There is what we call corporate anointing. It's not just good enough for you to stay somewhere and you're listening. It's important that you come inside the sanctuary, the building. Jesus himself said in Matthew 18, 20, that for where two or three are gathered together in my name. And he said, one shall chase 1,000 and two. You can imagine what two will chase, 10,000. So we gather together, that's corporate anointing. That's something we gain when we come together as brethren. And that's why it's important that we really belong to a local church. If you are listening online and you don't belong to this church, it's important that you belong to a local church where this gospel of grace is being preached, undiluted, unadulterated. You see what happened to the Corinthian church and the Galatian church, that Paul had to step in and uh, you know, had to remind them that of their righteous identity. And the Galatian church is asking them, who bewitched you? Because somebody came and confused them with something else. And we know we, are all, we all have our gadgets where we can listen to all manner of preachings going on. It's important that be, you be careful what you're listening to. 
Make sure that you're hearing everything about Jesus, everything about the, the gospel of grace that will keep you so that you will stay focused until when Jesus comes to get you or until you're called home. There are benefits that we enjoy when we fellowship together. There's a, there's a corporate anointing, like I mentioned earlier on, and also there are gifts in the church, in the body that you gain from. Ephesians chapter 4, verse 11 said, and he has appointed some with grace to be apostles and some with grace to be prophets and some with grace to be evangelists and some with grace to be pastors and some with grace to be teachers. And their calling is to nurture and prepare all the holy believers to do their own works of ministry. And as they do this, they will enlarge and build up who? The body of Christ. They're not just building them. They enlarge and build up the body of Christ. So all these gifts that God placed in the church, you'll be losing out when you're not coming together to worship with the brethren. And then he said in verse 13, these grace ministries will function until we all attain oneness into the faith, until we all experience the fullness of what it means to know the Son of God. And finally, become, we become one into a perfect man with the full dimensions of spiritual maturity and fully developed into the abundance of Christ, the fullness of Christ. That is, in reality, we already have the fullness of him in, but I'm talking in, in terms of manifest, manifestations of his fullness. Verse 14, and then our immaturity will end and we will not be easily shaken by trouble nor led astray by novel teachings or by the false doctrines of deceivers who teach clever lies. But instead, we will remain strong and always sincere in our love as we express the truth. And our direction, all direction, all our direction and ministries will flow from Christ and lead, to deep, and lead us deeper into him. Flow from Christ, not from anybody, not from anything else. Flow from Christ and lead us deeper into him, the anointed head of his body, the church. Verse 16. For his body has been formed in his image and is closely joined together and constantly connected as one. We are one body. There's a function you have. There's a function I have in the body. So each part brings their own functioning and the whole body benefits. And every member has been given divine gifts to contribute to the growth of all. And as these gifts operate effectively throughout the whole body, we are built up and made perfect in love. We have home fellowship. We have men's ministry. We have women's ministry. We have the young adult. We have so many other avenues. And as you go to these things, your life is getting better and better. You're better able to stick in our love for God. I don't forget the lady I met, I think was it two or three weeks ago, it really stunned me when she told me, ah, I went back to Sister and So Church. I mean, everything is the same. Yeah, Jesus said he's coming, but he, there's nothing like that. You know? And he said, everybody is, is saved. He said, the Bible said that the, 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 the um, he said that God's marvelous gifts have appeared to all men, you know, that therefore everybody is saved. I wonder where she got that confusion. That was a wrong teaching, a wrong doctrine from somewhere. That's why it's important you stay close to people who really know the truth that will teach you on adulterated gospel. And she said, 
People just come and die. No, there's nothing that, that Jesus is not coming at all. Yet, she said she was a believer. It comes from somewhere. It's important that we remind ourselves that God's marvelous grace has manifested in person, bringing salvation for everybody. His grace is teaching us to deny all ungodliness and live godly. And this Jesus will come to take us home. If the Bible says so, it's because it's absolutely true. There is no lie in God. So it's important that you have a meeting with yourself. Have a small meeting with yourself from time to time. Uh, time and ask yourself, how am I doing in my walk with God? Haggai 1.7 says, Thus says the Lord of hosts, consider your ways. Do you from time to time pause to think about your walk with God? How is it going? Pause to think about your life. How is my life going? Am I heading the right direction? They say, had I known comes last, and you don't want it to come last for you. Ecclesiastes chapter 12, we had what the Bible said about the whole duty of man. It says, all has been heard. The end of the matter is, fear God, revere and worship him, knowing that he is, and keep his commandments. Before I continue, I remember the, during our last home fellowship, our brother... Uh, my big-in-law was reminding us of the fact that it's important when we come to church that we should really be in the mood for worship. And he was telling us that that was one of the things that we are enjoying when they were going to Roman Catholic Church. When you come, the whole atmosphere is kind of serene, ready to worship God. I said, that's wonderful, but so long as we understand that we, the body, are the church, we are the church of Jesus Christ, so we have to really worship him with our lives. But at the same time, it's important when we gather together, we get ourselves ready to hear from the Father. It's not a time to start gallivanting around. I told him, I'm even, I know when I come, I want to greet. If I see somebody, I want to greet. But I, again, I make effort to now look the other way. And that is part of the reason why on Sundays, when it's my turn to do the opening prayer. I try to come in here early to stand here to kind of make us know it's time for worship. Please settle down now. But it will be wonderful if you come and then maybe it's a, it's a time for you to maybe begin to go through what you had the previous Sunday or maybe go through the Bible study or maybe begin to do something, getting yourself in the mood for worship. So there's a truth in what he said. But primarily it's important for us to remember that we are the church of God. So this church should always be in the mood to worship and to honor God, which is your body. So, and keep his commandments. For this is the whole of man, the full original purpose of his creation, the object of God's providence, the root of character, the foundation of all happiness, the adjustment to all harmonious circumstances and conditions under the sun and the whole duty for every man. So it's the root of all character to fear God, obey him, and is the foundation of all happiness. You want to be happy? It is God. Honor him with your life. When he says it, believe it, and respond in obedience. So Paul's advice to his son Timothy in... Um, 
in Second uh, uh, Timothy two verse one says, "So you, my son, be strong, strengthened inwardly in the great spiritual blessing that is to be found only in Christ Jesus." I don't forget when we had this as our, you know, as our year theme in two thousand and nine, and that was the day, the year that they, we began to introduce fully this grace gospel in this church, and it has never been the same since then. So we are telling ourselves today again, be strong, my brother, be strong, my sister, in the grace, spiritual blessing that is to be found only in Christ Jesus. Be strong in him. It is the grace of God only found in Christ Jesus, the anointed one, that produces true holiness. It's the grace of God, Jesus Christ. He is the one that produces true holiness. As you begin to study about him and follow his ways. And the more you grow in this grace, the more you are washed again and again by the water of the word of grace. That's why Paul said, I commend you to God and the word of his grace. It is this, the word of his grace, that will keep you. And Jesus is the grace of God. So the more you grow in sanctification and holiness, and the more you allow Holy Spirit to correct habits and thinking that keep you in bondage, the more you grow in the grace of God. For Jesus is your sanctification. Then that sanctification will not just be there because in your spirit you're pure, holy, and righteous. But it has to show on the outside. And that's why the Bible says we should work out our salvation. That holiness, that's holiness inside. Let it show on the outside, in your relationships, in your actions, in your interactions with people. And as you keep fellowshipping with the word of God, the word of his grace, the grace will keep on teaching you, and you'll find out that you begin to grow in the grace and the knowledge of Jesus, and then you become happier, you become more fulfilled, and then you begin to find out that you begin to cherish the love that God has for you. And then that love he has for you will now transport into you now loving him and loving others, because... Uh, your loving God is an offshoot of his love for you. When you have a revelation of his love for you, like the Bible told us in 1 John chapter 4, verse 19, we love because he loved us. He first loved us. Isaiah 1, 19 told us, if you are willing and obedient, you shall eat the good of the land. If you're willing and obedient. You can be willing, but not obedient. You can be obedient, but not willing. The two has to go together. And James chapter 1, 22, 25 says, But be doers of the word, obey the message, and do not merely, do not merely, and not merely listeners to it. Betraying yourselves into deception by reasoning contrary to the truth. We are called as believers. We are not called to reason out the word of God. I think that was what happened to this lady. began to reason the word of God. Like one man was reasoning at my job, he said, ah, Dorothy, how can you tell me that this man that died 2,000 years ago, that he knew me and he died for me? And he began to laugh. That was a scorner. But the thing is affecting his life really, really negative for not knowing God. Because knowing God is knowing joy and knowing happiness and knowing peace. You know God through Jesus. He said, but he who looks carefully into the faultless law, the law of liberty, and is faithful to it, and perseveres in looking into it, being not a heedless listener, who forgets, but an active doer, who obeys, he shall be blessed in how many things? 
In his doing, his life of obedience, he shall be blessed when he chooses to believe what God said and respond in accordance with the word of God. And that way, you seal up every open door to the devil. You seal up every open door to the devil. The devil, you know, God is not the one withholding any good from you. God loves you so intensely. His love for you is not dependent upon your performance. He loves you anyway because you have put your faith in Jesus. And the day you put your faith in Jesus Christ, you became his beloved son or his beloved daughters. And anytime he sees you, he sees you in Christ Jesus. He sees you well, perform well. And he treats you based on his love for Jesus. But the only thing is that when the life of sin affects you, it blocks your faith. It gives the devil an inroad into your life. And he begins to attack you unless you know how to stand your ground and root him out. And that's why the Bible told us in Hebrews chapter 4, verse 16, it said we should come boldly to receive, grace and find, to receive mercy and find grace to help in time of need, especially when we blow it. So God is not the one hindering us. Even when you're messing up, he will still be loving you. But the only thing is that you can go to heaven quicker. Because you are just giving the devil an inroad into your life. I love what, the, what David said in um, Psalm uh, 119. He said, in, uh, I will read um, verse, verse 93. He said, I will never forget your precepts, for by them you have given me life. By them you have given me life. And he said in verse 100, he said, I have more understanding than the ancients because I keep your precepts. Verse 103 says, How sweet are your words to my taste, sweeter than honey to my mouth. And verse 105 says, Your word is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. To those who want a lamp to their feet and a light to their path, the word of God is there to guide you. God has no favorites. He loves his children. And the word is there for you. Job said in verse, in verse 12b of Job 23, I have treasured the words of his mouth more than my necessary food. Can you imagine Job? More than my necessary food. The, uh, the, uh, our reverend that came last Sunday was telling us about uh, the president of Foursquare that said, that said to them, no, no word, no screen. No word, no screen. I said, what does that mean? He said, if you have not yet fed the spirit man, don't go to the television to listen to anything. Feed the spirit man first. And that's true. And Jesus said in John 5.30, I am able to do nothing from myself independently of my own accord, but only as I am taught by God and as I get his orders. Remember, he's our life. Even as I hear, I judge, I decide as I am bidding to decide. As the voice comes to me, so I give a decision. And my judgment is right, just, righteous, because I do not seek or consult my own will. So we don't have to seek or consult our own will. For Jesus, it's our life. He said, I have no desire to do what is pleasing to myself. And that should be the same with us. My own aim, my own purpose, but only the will and pleasure of the Father who sent me. And the Bible told us in Revelation, I think 11 verse 4 or 4, 11, that we are all created for his pleasure. And Jesus is our life. 
We have no power over Satan when we are living in known disobedience. Remember, he's roaming about, but he can't devour just about anybody. It is those who are opening doors for him. And God said by his spirit in 1 John chapter 2, verse 20, that we have the anointing in us and we know all things. If the Bible said you know all things, you know, because you know by your spirit. The only thing is that you have to feed your spirit so that your spirit would, t- you, have to, you, you, you have to allow God to change your mind because it is, it is by the word of God that you tutor your mind to walk in agreement with your spirit who is in union with Christ. The problem is your mind. And it is the word of God that changes your mind. So that's why God said, come, let me change the way you think. That First John 2 verse 27 says, But the anointing which you have received from him abides in you, and you do not need that anyone teach you. But as the same anointing teaches you concerning all things, and it's true, and it's not a lie, and just as it has taught you, you will abide in him. So it's important that we keep ourselves in the love of God, in the love that God has for you, and that comes through constantly fellowshipping with the word of God. Like we said, Jesus is the grace of God given to us. So your love for him is an offshoot of you having a revelation of his love for you. This is expressed. That's your own love for him now is expressed in the way you esteem his word and the way you treat others. But that is when you get a deep understanding of his love for you. So, We are to keep ourselves in the love of God by continuing to believe everything that the Bible said Jesus did for us. We just go to the written word of God and we get an understanding of that and we live by that. And that is the way we get to understand, to seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, his way and character. And then he said every other thing will be added for us. The life of a Christian is a life of faith. Paul said, it is no longer I that lives, but Christ who lives in me. He said that the life I now live, I live by the faith of the Son of God. And that should be the same thing for us. And we know that without faith, nobody can please God. Your faith doesn't move God. Your faith only takes hold of what God already provided for you in Christ Jesus. And God is not happy when you are not enjoying all that he has provided for you in Christ Jesus. So we are believers. We should believe everything that God said is ours. Let's learn to submit to the authority of the word of God and allow the word of God to begin to work for us. Jesus is the grace of God given to us. And he has clothed us with the garment of righteousness. He loves us so intensely. You are righteous. The moment you give your life to Christ, that righteousness is a gift. It's your, it's your blood bought right. And that gives you the legal standing before God And that helps you to enjoy everything that God has provided for you. In Christ Jesus, he paid it all. All your debts of sin, past, present, and future, is already fully paid in Christ Jesus. But you have to know this. You know, my precious sister was telling us about Romans chapter 8. That how this love of God has really catapulted us to be at the right-hand side of Jesus. He loves us so, so very intensely. 
He loves us so, so very dearly that we that are born again are candidates of heaven. But you have to enjoy that life here. And the only way to enjoy that life here is through the word of God. So you must give attention to the word of God. I want to read this scripture in uh, 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, 16 to 18. Verse 16 says, For the Lord himself will descend from heaven with a shout, with the voice of an angel, and with the trumpet of God, and the dead in Christ will rise first. Then we who are alive and remain shall be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. And thus we shall always be with the Lord. Therefore, comfort one another with these words. What is he saying? We who are alive and remain. It is one thing for us to be alive. To be alive means, you know, you are, you are, you are in Christ. You have received the gift of righteousness. Then remain means you, are, you, you, you know how to fight the fight of faith and stand your ground and kick the devil off your life. You know how to checkmate him, push away sickness, push away whatever he throws at you. So you remain alive. You remain. You are alive already because you are in Christ. And Jesus comes. We all zoom to heaven. For those of us who are born again, it's important that you know this truth. So that don't let anybody talk you out of it. For God is not a man that you should lie. God has said it, and so it is, and so it shall be. He said, uh, in Isaiah 55, 10, he said, For as the rain comes down and the snow from heaven, and do not return there, but water the earth, and make it bring forth and bud, that it may give seed to the sower and bread to the eater, so shall my word be that goes forth from my mouth. It shall not return to me void, but it shall accomplish what I please, and it shall prosper in the thing for which I sent it. God has said it. And uh, Hebrews 6 verse 18 says, So God has given both his promise and his oath. These two things are unchangeable because it is impossible for God to lie. So it's important that you know the word of God is true. Cherish the love that God has for you. Set your mind and keep it set on things above. Set your mind and keep it set on the things above. Praise the Lord. Now, we know every genuine believer is looking for a way to live godly life and to honor God. And not looking for a way to sin. So the grace is not teaching us to sin, but how to live for God. So let us patiently wait and let us continue to fellowship and be filled with the Holy Spirit. That's one of the things that we were told. You know, the Bible said in, a, in a 1 Corinthians chapter 14, verse 2, it said, For he who speaks in a tongue does not speak to men but to God, for no one understands him. However, in the Spirit he speaks mysteries. Therefore, let him who speaks in a tongue pray that he may interpret. That's verse 13. And then verse 14 says, For, I, for if I pray in a tongue, my spirit prays, but my understanding is unfruitful. I thank my God I speak with tongues more than you all. Therefore, brethren, desire earnestly to prophesy and do not forbid to speak with tongues. We are encouraged to keep praying in the Holy Spirit. If you are not yet baptized with, with the, in the Holy Spirit with the evidence of speaking in tongues, you are losing out a lot. You are losing it out a lot. Ephesians chapter 5 verse 18 says, But be filled with the Spirit. Be filled with the Spirit. That's with the evidence of speaking in tongues. So 
If you look at that, our theme again, it says um, that verse 20, the lower part of verse 20 says, continually progress, rise like an edifice higher and higher, pray in the Holy Spirit, and keep yourself. So the person who is speaking in tongues is speaking directly to God. That's what that uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 14, verse 2 is telling us. That's the way you, you direct communication with God. Direct communication with God. So stay stirred up praying in the spirit. See Paul. He said, I prayed in tongues more than you or the whole church of Corinth. So get stirred up constantly praying in the spirit, fellowshipping with the word of God. Keep yourselves in the love of God. These are the last days. You don't want to be caught up. Amen. Let's bow our heads in prayer. Father in heaven, in the name of Jesus, I pray that you, God of glory, will grant each one of us that are at the sound of my voice, according to the riches of your glory, to be strengthened with mind through your spirit in the inner man, that Christ may dwell in our hearts through faith, that we, being rooted and grounded in love, may be able to comprehend with all the sense what is the width and length and depth and height, to know the love of Christ for us, which passes knowledge, that we may be filled with all the fullness of God, now, to you, God of glory, who is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we ask or think, according to the power that works in us, to you be glory in the church by Christ Jesus to all generations forever and ever. Amen.